This is Periodically Political, brought to you by Elect STEM. We bring you stories of where politics intersects science. My name is Chris Caputo, and I'll be your co-host today, along with Darren Anderson. We'd like to welcome our guest today, uh, Deepak Anand. He is the member of the Provincial Parliament for Mississauga Malton and is Special Advisor to the Ministry of Economic Development, Job Creation and Trade with Minister Fideli, with a focus on trade relations between India and Ontario. MPP Anand is also the chair of the Standing Committee on Regulations and Private Bills and a member of the Standing Committee on Public Accounts. His priorities as an MPP are youth empowerment, local employment, public housing and community engagement. With an aim to be active, inspired, and motivated to bring about positive change to an er- to the area, he has always participated in volunteering programs and community initiatives. He is an undergraduate in chemical engineering and studied an MBA at the Schulich School of Business. He has put his entrepreneurial skills to good use for residents of his writing as he is the founder of Meaningful Media, an organization that brings light to different charities. Uh, he is also the producer and host for a radio show that discussed local issues and provided exposure to different local organizations working for the betterment of the community. Welcome to Periodically Political, uh, Deepak. Thank you so much, Darren, and thank you, Chris. And um, first of all, I want to commend the amount of research. I don't even know what you know about me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. I I was reluctant to ask if you guys want to. Uh, if you have, if you can spare some time, I would love to have your research uh, working with me for me for our community. So, but again, thank you so much. I mean, I can't be, uh, I can't tell you how excited I am to be talking directly to you. And uh, you know, I, I was looking over when I was talking to you off the air. Were you talking about STEM? Talking about this, uh, you know, uh, the the engineering community, the science community coming together. And 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 uh, again, thank you so much. Let's begin the show. Awesome. Yeah, it's our pleasure to have you. And as you noted, at Elect STEM, you know, we seek stories of scientists and engineers who have, you know, made the leap to policy and politics. So our first question to you is really about your origin story. So why did you decide to get involved in politics at the first uh, the first time? Chris, I'll tell you, uh, I am a first uh, generation immigrant. I came to Canada in 2000. And uh, um, when I came here, I I had uh, still till date I don't even have my tenth cousin here. So I came with me uh, alone, and then followed by my wife, and then my son was at that time uh, uh, five months old when I came here, and when he came, he was nine months old. So, so I, I'll tell you, I can't thank enough Canada. I cannot. Um, the place is full of opportunity. Uh, the people, people are the great asset that we have here. Um, one thing I quickly found out that, uh, you know, um, there are a lot of people come forward to help. Every time somebody helps you, you gain something. And every time you get something, you always want to give more back to what you got. So I, the reason I decided to get into politics, there's multiple reasons. Uh, one of the reasons was uh, uh, I was at Schulich School of Business. I engaged with some of the courses in sustainability, uh, sustainable value creation, giving back to the community. And, you know, when we use the word giving back to the community, it's like an addiction, to be honest with you. When you when you are involved in uh, charity work or in a good work or in a community or 
when you do something and when you do something somebody is going to come up to you and to say thank you and you really feel within yourself it's there's always a kid inside us which loves this appreciation yeah when you see that oh my goodness he came to thank me i want to do more of it so that i can get more thank yous so that was one reason i got involved with the uh, there was a couple of charities i got involved in mississauga and brampton on each and uh, uh, so what i noticed was uh, as we all all board members were so passionate about giving back to the community so there will always be something or the other they will come up to a standstill where they will say oh we need to get this changed because this policy would help us to give more back to the community or they will say i wish we can talk to the mp or mpp and we can ask for more funding whether it's a policy matter whether it's a money so we were going back to these politicians and i felt you know internally i love i love what i'm doing and i love and enjoy getting these thank yous but what if i can join the politics uh, then i don't need to go find those people maybe i can be that person where i can support these kind of causes so that was another reason uh, and uh, as i said the biggest reason i think i believe it was that i enjoy helping and i and you will see that you will hear that from most of the politicians by the way. um that you know we enjoy helping when we and we felt that as we were helping we could do more if we join politics and i think that was another big reason to give back to those who gave me everything in this country yeah that's great to hear that that it's so important to give back and and it's so inspiring um and correct me if i'm wrong but was the 2018 a uh, campaign your first campaign that is right that was my uh, first campaign yes so following up on that um could you walk us through what running was like for a first time candidate um tell us about the nomination process and you know how the party helped you out uh, in the general election so um so first of all i'll tell you one thing i mean you know um when you new and you want to get into the politics or anything in fact i mean i always compare it with sports and analogies if you really think of of uh, let's let's put it this way if you think of somebody who's got a gold medal brought it in and is now has some credibility but do you think that person on the day one had that credibility no to work hard you have to work your way up and then initially you will see a resistance uh, people will not like to come with you because they believe sometimes they believe it's a waste of time so so i'm no different i when i started my journey in the politics uh, i i still remember a lot of people will think i'm wasting my time and they were reluctant to support me help me even though they agreed on principle for many things uh, so so getting that support in the initial stage was difficult and i want to uh, say one thing for sure uh, i mean i'm sure you're going to ask me at some point of time any advice to the budding politician so i can tell you the biggest support or the biggest help you have is at the end of your own arms your own family so uh, i i was thank god my my family was extremely supportive my wife uh, i can tell you how much time she has spent my daughter she was uh, she was pretty young at that time but she had the record of uh, making most number of phone calls and bringing most number of uh, uh, lawn signs so again 
I think the first and the foremost is uh, where, how it was running as a first-time candidate. Difficult, extremely difficult uh, in terms of uh, uh, pe- people making sure that they believe in you. But you always start with the family. And if the family is supportive, then it's slowly and steadily people see, you know, when they, s- they see others coming up with helping you. So they come and help you as well. So the, And the team grows. As the team grows, uh, you f- also feel more confident. And once you feel more confident, so it's kind of a vicious cycle. So I, I think it was difficult at the, at the beginning. But I would, I would tell you, I mean, this was the most, this was the best time of my life. A lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. We had it. So were you concerned or, or worried about running for the first time? I mean, we talked to a lot of scientists and engineers that have been curious about politics, have considered running, but are just very intimidated by it. They're really, they're concerned about it. They're worried about door knocking or they don't know how to raise money. I assume you had a lot of those similar kinds of concerns going in. Um, I mean, other than obviously the support of your family, you know, how did how did you get yourself ready to take the leap and uh, decide to run? Absolutely, Darren. I mean, one of the biggest challenge with most of the people is, uh, you know, the, the politics is nothing but a toggle switch. It practically means either you're going to win or you're not going to win. Mm-hmm. In between. I mean, it's an example. If I put, uh, I, I do remember at the, before the nomination, I physically met. 800 families in eight months. So the time I spent, I mean, my wife spent, we both spent on this. So let's say, let's assume it, I, I would not have won the nomination. So those, uh, and again, I, I, I want to I wanna say this directly to you. I won't say it would have been waste because I met eight new families. I built a big family together. But but if you, if you don't consider that into an account, uh, unfortunately, then... The biggest challenge would have been with all this cost, where is the tangible benefit? And that's what stops a lot of people. They think that, okay, we'll put this all effort, we'll put this all energy, we'll put this money, and what if we don't win? Is it worth it? Uh, well, I'd actually like to dig into that a little bit more. So, you know, how how do you think it would have, um, how would you have thought about it if you had if you had not won, if you had lost? Would you have felt that, uh, the investment in time and money was worth it and something that you you were so glad you would have done? So I'll tell you the reality. I mean, uh, Arun and I, my wife and I, never even thought at any point of time we would lose it because we always felt we don't have time to even think that we're going to lose it because we, all the second that we have, we want to spend on saying that we're going to win it. How can we win it? And if we have time, we'd rather spend that time on putting more effort that we don't have to feel bad. I think the best answer to that is that we would have been devastated. Absolutely. The answer is yes. Um, we would have felt bad. Absolutely. We would have been crying for a few days, 100%. Uh, but I think I wouldn't call it as a complete loss. I would think that it's, uh, the family that I built, the relationship I built, uh, they uh, they would have been valuable part of my life still. So I, I don't call it as a complete loss. But yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, we used to uh, rarely think about our winning or losing because there was no time to think. But I, if I would have to look back today, I would rather say, yeah, I mean, it is with all the cost, what is the benefit? So that, that, that definitely is a barrier. Okay, excellent.
Focusing on a bit of your engineering training uh, to start, uh, how has that actually influenced, you know, your success now that you've been elected, you know, taking that STEM background and applying it towards you know, politics? I'll tell you, Chris, the biggest benefit I felt I had was uh, because of my background in process improvement and process engineering. I looked at the uh, election process itself. I felt it is a project, first of all. And then I divided that project into the pieces. For an example, we started talking about the nomination, which was the which was the biggest part of our any political process, by the way, and especially for somebody who's new. So what we did was when we looked at the nomination process, so we put everything together: what, who are the stakeholders, and what are their uh, contributions, what are their restrictions, what could be potential go wrong, and then we looked at the data. We looked at how many people, uh, because the candidate I was running against uh, was very influential and had some data in the past for, uh, so this person, the, uh, his, his, uh, this person which I ran against, his father was a candidate. And we noticed that his father got, say an example, 740 uh, votes in the nomination. And we felt it is his son this time, so he's going to work extra. So we added 10% to that. And then we looked at, say, okay, listen, he's been a party influential. He's been in a party for the longest time. So it's going to be, you know, it's, it's kind of subtle. I mean, he's going to probably uh, sway away some of the things. So we added for everything. And then we came up to a, a number where we felt, okay, if I can get that number of votes, uh, then I'm confident. Then I'll be able to win. And then we don't want it to stop there. And then we looked at the data. I've seen an example. I'll give you, Chris, for an example. Uh, um, in case of a nomination, if you go reach out to three people and all three are so close to you, but the no- the day of the nomination, which is going to happen only for like maybe two to four hours, and especially in our case, it was in the middle of a winter. So, uh, and it was snowing on that day. So typically, even if you think there's, you know, three people, out of those, only one is going to show up on the day of nomination. So we, we put together this data, and we put together the add-ons to, uh, uh, you call it as a buffer, you call it as a safety cushion, and you came up to an idea and a number, and you said, okay, if I can get this number, I think I'll be able to win. But then this, you have to multiply it by three. So what I did was, so I figured out, in order for me to win this nomination, I need to have X number of votes and three times X number of uh, people I should know. And that's exactly what I did and I knew that the nomination is going to be in about uh, nine and a half, ten months. So I didn't want it to wait to the last minute. So I took, uh, I considered that as a eight months period. And then I divided that with eight months. And by doing this, I planned out my whole project. So I think, I think uh, being in process improvement, being in engineering background, being from a Shuli graduate. That was the key advantage that I have that I could lay it out as a project. And that was a, one of the biggest reasons I think I was able to uh, to win the nomination. That's amazing. And just how you break that down like to that scientific model and use it to your advantage. That, that's awesome to hear. And now that you are, like, you've won the election, you're now you know, a member of provincial parliament, Going beyond, like, how do you hear about the scientific issues that are being discussed in caucus? So it's no different. It's, uh, uh, you know, if you ever have to consider it uh, into the politics, politics after you won the election, I mean, it's, of course, you, in the beginning, 
you're a sole performer, you're like an athlete, you're running, and then it becomes a relay because there are a lot of other running with you. And when you get elected, then it's more like a team sports. In order to uh, win, in order to run, the whole team have to work together. So typically every week we have a caucus meetings. In that meeting, we discuss what's going to happen next week and plus what is going to happen next couple of months. So so we always are updated and daily we get updates from the each ministry whosoever is thinking of doing anything, saying that this is what we're proposing to do. If you have any interest, please let us know. If you have expertise, experience, or the qualification, we'll be happy to hear from you. And that's how we typically do is that we will reach out to that ministry uh, or usually a minister and uh, we say, yeah, this is something I'm passionate about and I would like to contribute. And that's how the process starts. Oh, this is a really interesting insight. Um, so just following along that question about the impact in caucus. Um, so we know that STEM professionals are underrepresented as elected officials compared to uh, STEM training uh, in the general population. Do you have any ideas for how, how we can get more STEM elected officials, uh, more folks with STEM backgrounds engaged into politics? What kind of barriers they might be facing and how we might be able to better support um, folks with a STEM background that are interested in running for public office? So, uh, Darren and Chris, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, this is my opinion, and it should not be taken it as that's written in stone. I feel many times, uh, you know, whenever we are independent, we like to run alone. And uh, whenever we are dependent on each other, we like to make a group in, in, in generic I mean, way, if you look at it. And uh, most of the STEM professionals are uh, financially uh, well-to-do. So what happens is they have less requirements most of the time to be in a group. So what happens is just because of the way we've been brought up, we've been raised, we have the degrees and we have the jobs and we have a re- decent uh, wealth to sustain uh, a good family life. So what happens is we kind of feel that we, why do I need, why do I care? And I, I, I will not be surprised. I don't know the data, but I will not be surprised if most of the STEM uh, profession don't even go out and vote because they think, what the heck? Why would I need to vote for this guy? I don't even meet him. I'm never going to meet him. I don't need him. So why would I vote? So I think what we need to do is if we really want to see the change, the change has to start from the beginning, from the grassroots. The first thing we should promote is that tell everybody Listen, it's not, even if you, you, it's not going to change it in a, in a micro level or a macro level, it's, it's, it is a change. So if we want to make a change, we want to bring those more people from STEM background into the politics. I think what we need to do is to advocate first to ask these folks in with the STEM to go and vote because that's the beginning. When you're going to vote, you're going to ask yourself, who should I vote? And many times don't think that, okay, always, I always tell everybody, compare what is available. Don't, don't think that you need an ideal candidate and then only you're going to vote it because that's how we want to have vicious cycle. So whatever is available, weigh in your, uh, you know, costs and benefits and the consequences, uh, the, the caliber they have, the policies they have, how well they can represent. Once we can bring more people from the STEM background, start voting you will see the interest because then they will see, listen, look, I voted for this guy. That's how I got elected. That's Then you follow up and say, you know what? Uh, 
I don't think he's doing what I want. I wanted him to do, but why don't I try to do now? But if he's going to stay out, you're never going to go in. You're never going to get into the politics, and you're never going to run. So my advice through you would be: the first change what we need today is don't think that it does not impact me because no matter what you say, you like it or you don't like it. politicians and politics does have an impact on all of us so let's start voting first oh that that's great insight and i know one of the things when i first started uh getting more involved in in political issues i know one of the things that i was really pleasantly surprised by was how accessible um my mpp or my mp was going in via their constituency office to have a discussion with them about issues that touched on science and uh you know i think that's something that that a lot of people that are interested in science and in the intersection between science and politics but haven't engaged don't really necessarily understand um you know obviously you've got a very active constituency office uh, maybe just comment quickly on uh you know how you engage with your constituents and how folks could potentially engage if there's an issue uh that they think that they they'd like to have a discussion about with their elected official just kind of what that looks like listen we are human beings we want to hear from you we want to take your advice we want to get out of your wealth of experience and knowledge that you have so absolutely i mean you know my rule has been very simple if you come to me i can come to you so uh, we do a lot of these engagements a lot of these programs is for this specific reason every possible way i firmly believe you know my my uh, typical job my my life if you talk about i compare it with the performance athlete no athlete can work and perform for a long 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 time have a limited life so as a politician i also think that we also have a limited life whether it is 4 years 8 years or 12 years whatever it could be it usually comes in a batch of four so you know i want to make sure that i could do as much as possible and that is only possible if you if if i coming two step and you come two step maybe we can do uh, this way we can achieve four steps rather than you waiting for me to come to you which will be four steps it might take a little longer so again i i think um through you i would suggest and advise everybody is that if you have something that you passionate about you think that that can bring a change you don't have to be an mpp you can start by meeting your mpp you can start by communicating talking to the to the elected officials and that's how you can bring a change and you know what you never know you might like it you might love it and then you might start getting thank yous and then you want to get more thank yous you want to contribute more or maybe at some point of time you want to run for the office but accessibility is always there yeah that's that's excellent and just to follow on that i mean you mentioned about you know being passionate about um about what you're involved in and and why folks might want to get involved in in politics or in policy now at this point i'd like to turn it around a little bit for you is there something you're working on or excited about today that you'd like to highlight to our listeners well um the things that i'm working on is i'm always look i always look for things wherein i can give back to the community and i can uh, help somebody i mean some of the things which i have recently done is uh, i looked at the problem and i'll tell you the problem it started this way one of the uh, one of the gas station owners uh, in my riding came and he was very upset he said i have a small business and i'm always worried about my employees i'm always worried about my clients and i said what happened 
He said, there is few people, they'll always come and they usually have uh, stolen vehicles or change their uh, license plate and they know the purposely they come, they fill up a gas, they won't pay and they'll run away. They know that when I'm going to call the police for $50, the cost of police policing probably is going to be over $100, $200, And uh, so these guys have mastered of stealing. And I felt, you know what? Then I did that data research and I found there's been actually so many deaths because of this. So you won't imagine on a given day, there are 140 incidents in our province where wow. people fill up a gas and run. Think about 140 times. Anytime that somebody's going to fill up a gas and he knows he's not going to pay because he knows he doesn't want to pay. He's not going to say, excuse me, Darren, can you please get to the site, sir? I want to run. I want to run away. No, he's going to just quickly fill up the gas, slam into his car, press the gas paddle and ran, right? So he's not going to look around who's there, who's not there because he's, he knows internally he's doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So I felt, you know, this is something which we can save. How simple it is in BC, in Alberta, all you have to do is you prepay before you fill the gas. Mm-hmm. So you already paid. Oh my goodness. You can't run away because you don't have to run away because you already paid. Right. So these are the things which I love about the job is that many times when you know there is a problem, you can actually bring the change. You can actually find the solution and you can implement that solution. And making a real difference. That's, uh, that's, that's got to feel really good to be able to go home at the end of the day and, and know that you've had that kind of impact, um, not just on this particular person, but, uh, you know, uh, for folks across the province. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I can't thank enough to the community for giving me this opportunity to serve. And uh, I am enjoying it. Honestly, I am enjoying it. Well, thank you so much, uh, Deepak, uh, for spending time t- with us today on Periodically Political. Uh, it was really a pleasure, and we very much appreciate the insight you've given all of our politics-curious listeners. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. Absolutely. And the, the last uh, word I always say to, to everybody is, uh, you know, I think I believe that I became MPP because uh, I was blessed to know people who either asked for a help or I help them. So I always tell everybody, whenever you think that you need a help, do not shy away. Please take a help. Because when you're going to take a help, I'm, I can guarantee you, you would like to give help, more help than what you got. And you should build that vicious cycle of taking and giving. There's nothing wrong as long as the intentions are good. And uh, if uh, and I would again encourage everybody to please uh, vote because every time you vote, you're actually making us feel that you know the, there is more value in uh, connecting with the communities. And finally, if you have any suggestion, anything you want to work with us, uh, I'm hundred percent accessible. I will not ask you where do you live and what issue you have. Uh, if you have a good um, you have a good suggestion. Let's work together. If there is any problem that I can work with you and help you within my limited capacity, it'll be I'll be the first one to say thank you to you for giving me that opportunity. And finally, Darren, and finally, Chris, to you both also. Thank you for connecting me to the wider audience. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are going to hear it, which 
I don't know them and they don't know me, but thank you to both of you that we will also be connected. And uh, finally, I'm like to give my cell phone, which is 647-382-1010. And I'll be happy to do within my small capacity if I can be of any helpful. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you. And you know, you can tell from uh, all of your answers here in the interview how important that sense of community uh, uh, is to you. And, and you can tell that we've, uh, I think, built a bit of a broader community here today with this conversation. So thank you again. Appreciate it. For our audience members, if you like this episode, we encourage you to rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps new listeners discover the show and uh, join the broader community that we were just uh, just discussing. So thank you very much. Uh, signing off.